I'm confident of this very thing. I'm confident of this very thing. That he, that he who has begun, has begun a good work in you, in you, he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm confident of this very thing. That he Praise God. We're going to get into faith and we're going to get into doubt. Why it's so important to not doubt in our hearts. And then we're going to look at uh, some examples of that. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity, Father God. Ministers of God, amen, sent forth to minister unto those who shall be theirs of salvation, Father. In other words, I thank you, Lord God, for your angelic hosts, Father, that are kept around about us. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for my brothers and sisters, Father, and those that will partake of your word, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God. Teach us your way, Father God, that we might understand you, Father God. Unite our hearts, O oh God, that we might fear your name, Father. I thank you, Lord, for this precious opportunity, Father. We give you praise and we honor you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about uh, something that happened at work. Uh, and this, this, I was talking to someone that, that I work with, and I know she's a sister in the Lord. And uh, so she was asking me a question. She said, um, she listens to a particular man of God every morning to encourage her. Big, big minister, books, videos, everything. And uh, <clears throat> she said that every morning uh, when she listened to that, well, the other day she was listening to it, she said that he was telling, you know, on the broadcast that, you know, people, you know, for the people to bless themselves, okay? And then she was saying that, you know, in other words, for example, you know, uh, you know, be encouraged, you know, bless yourself, tell yourself you're beautiful, you know, all these uh, examples of different things, you know, to bless yourself. And uh, she was asking me about it, and I uh, shared, well, that's not what the scripture teaches us. <laughs> the scripture says, in blessing, you'll be a blessing, right? Yeah. So that's what I... That's what I uh, shared with her. I said, that's not how the order of God is, is that you, 
See, in other words, you reap what you sow, right? Yep. In blessing, you're going to be a blessing. Yeah. So that's the favor and the, and, the, and, the, and the honor that we want to receive from the Father, right? That whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. I said, it's not about you uh, encouraging yourself in that way. What you do want to do is encourage yourself in the Word of God, as David did, right? Yeah. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. But the point is, is that, you know, there's... The reason I want to ask you about that scripture in James I want to go because I've been meditating on, on this for a few days and so on. In James chapter uh, 3, and let's see here. Well, I'm going to start with verse 13. It says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Amen. We should always be in that attitude of meekness. Meekness has to do with being willing to be taught, right? And and that's very important in our lives as sons and daughters of God. And by the way, you know, these few weeks that we've been together and, and going over these uh, these uh, teachings and these ways of God and talking about repentance from dead works, faith toward God, and so on, this has all been part of a school, if you will. You guys have now I've been sitting under this for, I don't know, this would be what number, what number is this message? 19. So we've been, we've been together now for 18, 19 weeks now. That's a long time, right? And the thing about it is, is that, you know, Jesus encourages us, right? Go and make disciples. You know, making disciples is not getting people born again. Right? It's not just about being born again. You gotta work with them just like you do your sons and daughters, Ooh, yeah. right? You gotta train them. You gotta work with them. You know, if you get somebody and you bring them into the Lord, you know, it's important that you build a relationship with that individual because you don't want to just leave them out there to for the wolves to take him. So, so he says here that, I mean, like I said, th this sister was sharing with me about this information that she received, and I said that's not the way of God. The way of God is is that in blessing you're going to be blessed. In multiplying, you're going to multiply. The seed is going to get, the, whatever seed that you sow, that's what you're going to reap from that. So you need to understand where that encouragement and where that blessing comes from. Well, it comes out of your spirit, man, as you acknowledge the word of God in your life, right? And I was sharing with her is that how that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, right? Yeah. There is a way of God according to the word of God that we need to align our lives to. It's called divine order, right? And what I was saying a minute ago is that we've been involved now in this discipleship training now for now 19 weeks. And there's a whole lot more, you know. As a matter of fact, this whole series that I'm doing right now, there's, a, there's about 98 messages just in the first part of the discipleship training. The second part I'm doing now, uh, I've started the second part on the videos that I do on Sunday, and I think I'm on, what, number 29? And I've still got, you know, probably 100 more messages. So what am I trying to say is that we've been involved now in, in learning and understanding these ways of God, right? And it's a privilege for us to come on, to listen to this word, right? So this sister was talking about this individual that she listens to every morning, big minister, you know, you know, t tells the people, you know, I want you to say to yourself, you're beautiful, you're, you're gonna, you're blessed, you're, you know, and bless yourself and. So I was telling her, you know, that's not how God works. God, in blessing, you're going to be a blessing. You don't need to worry about your own life. As the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not only, he doesn't mind you having other passions and pursuits. 
He just wants you to make sure that he's first. Amen? So, and when, it, when she shared that with me, I was thinking about this in James here. Who is the wise man? James 3.13. And a man, a man and dude with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. So like I said, meekness is that attitude where you, you don't mind being taught. Amen? But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. In other words, obviously that's not the way of God, right? To be bitter towards one another and, and arguing and butting heads all the time. That's all carnal stuff, right? That's what we used to do before we knew the Lord. Now the problem is, is that when we continue in that, well then we're still being carnal, right? Now, he says in verse 15, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Okay? But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, easy to be received, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. You see, in the kingdom of God, the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. Right? But in the world, in the way they operate, the wisdom, he says, the, this wisdom descended not from above. So in other words, it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. This wisdom that came from, from below, in other words, from the world. And that's the thing about <clears throat> what the world is always trying to do, is that they're always trying to consider themselves first. They're always trying to advance themselves first. Get me first, right? And that's the wisdom that ascends from below. And that's the wisdom that we don't want to be a part of, right? We don't want to be exalting our own lives, thinking of ourselves first, and, think, and considering ourselves without considering the way of God. Because as, as soon as you do, as the scripture says, there was two trees in the garden. And the day that you partake of this tree, the scripture says you're going to die. What tree was that? That's right. The knowledge of good and evil. See, when you take it upon yourself, Outside of the word of God, what God had already said, don't touch this tree, don't eat of it, don't look at it, don't smell it, <laughs> don't go near it, right? But this tree, which is the tree of life, anytime you want, glory to God. And that represents Jesus Christ, that represents the word. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, God of knowledge of good and evil is you. In other words, you, based on your own understandings, based on your own knowledge, your own instruction, your own wisdom, your own whatever, outside of God's word, you see, is yourself. In other words, he told them, you'll be as gods. In other words, you'll be able to make an elevated decision, an exalted decision for your own life. You don't need God. You don't need the word. You don't need the spirit of God. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the scripture says here, verse 15 again. Um, and by the way, there's, there's three men in the cosmos. Cosmos is the Greek word for the word world, right? The Bible teaches us, love not the cosmos, neither the things that are in the cosmos, for if the love of the cosmos is in you, then the love of the Father is not with you. You see, you can't move and operate out of your spirit, man, when your influence is always coming from the world. Your influence needs to be coming from your spirit, man, right? And that's where the presence of God is, the life of God. That's where we want to get inspired from, right? There is a spirit in man, the scripture says in Job, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him life and gives him understanding. Amen? That spirit, man, is a powerful, 
powerful uh, work of God in our lives, what he did for us and what he did for us through Christ. Now, so there's three men in the cosmos. The one man is the the the, the Sukikos man. Sukikos is from the Greek word soul. In other words, the soul man. And he's only interested in himself and promoting himself and exalting himself, which the scripture says God resists the proud. Right? So the proud is, like I said, the one that's taking, uh, taking it upon himself, etc., to do his own thing, to follow his own knowledge, etc. And then the other man is the Sarkikos man. The Sarkikos man, he is a carnal man. That's the word for Sarks in the Greek is the word for carnal. So the Sarkikos is the man lifting after his carnality. In other words, he has no governor, and he doesn't want a governor in his life. He doesn't want a spirit man governing through the word, right? He doesn't want to be told what to do, which we understand that, that if we didn't have rule, we would have chaos, right? We have to have order, amen? There must be order, amen? This is the way of God on earth as it is in heaven. Now, and then, and then the last one is the pneumaticos man. He's the spiritual man. He's the one that we want to live after. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says that uh, follow after charity. Charity here is a record agape, which is love, and desire spirituals, but rather that you may prophesy. All right? In other words, he, he, he's telling us desire after the spirituals, but you need to be an individual that's always encouraging and, and blessing and and sowing this word and sowing that seed. In other words, bring it forth, speak it forth, etc. So now back to James. So you got the three men in cosmos. The, the carnal man was the sarkikos man, the sukikos man, which is a soul man, and then the spiritual man, which is pneumaticos. Now, the reason I'm sharing that because right here, back to 15 here, this wisdom descendeth not from above. In other words, it didn't come from God, right? For us to have bitter envy and strife in our hearts, glory, and lying out against the truth. But it's earthly, earthly here, worldly in other words. And then the word sensual is the word sukikos, which is soulish. And then of course devilish, which is the word uh, diamond-like or demon in other words. And the interesting thing about that word, it comes from two different word, two different words, which is a demon or a deity. And then it says... Uh, the other word is diamond, which is to distribute fortunes, a demon or supernatural spirit of a bad nature. Now, the thing about the wisdom that comes from, that, that, that ascends from below here, is that first of all, it's earthly. In other words, it's from this, the perspective down here trying to go up, which is what religion is, by the way. Christianity is that Jesus Christ, God, Emmanuel, came down. He descended to us. He came to our level. You see? Amen. But <clears throat> the thing about the wisdom that ascends from below is first earthly. In other words, it's going to be worldly and its inspiration and where the information come from. Sukikos, which is the, the natural man. In other words, the suke man, he's the one that's thinking about himself, thinking about how he can promote his own life, what he can do for himself, and it's all about me. And then you got the one that's operating through the demonic realm. And if you remember, for example, in um, is it Matthew 16 where he says, I will build my church, right? Yeah. 
And then Peter, he came back and he says, uh, you know, he took, he took Jesus on, along the side there and he, and he told him, think about yourself. Remember that? And then Jesus turned around and looked at him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. You see, the, the man that's being inspired by demonic realm, he's always trying to stop the purpose of God in his own life. In other words, demons are trying to stop the purpose of God in your life. You see, and they're always getting you to consider yourself. You see, that's their goal. Think about yourself. In other words, think about the thing that you're first inclined to, which is the natural way. In other words, if you seek to save your life, right? Your suke, your soul, you're going to lose it. But if you seek to lose it, you'll find it. So God resists the proud, the individual who's trying to save his own life all the time, thinking about himself versus the other guy that, but he gives grace to the humble, which is the spiritual man. He's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about you. Because the scripture says the greatest one among you is the one who, right. He's thinking about laying down his life, laying down his life. As the scripture says in John 10 there, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good poyman. And the good poyman, the good shepherd lays down his suke, his soul, for the sheep. That's what he does. Now, <clears throat> but again, that kind of wisdom to the world they don't want to have, they don't, what do you mean? You don't want to, you're not trying to promote yourself. You're not trying to exalt yourself. You're not trying to market yourself. You're not trying to make a name for yourself. What do you mean? That's not how we do it in the world, right? And yet, and yet we understand by the principles of the way of God here is that God resists all that, man. Because it's the soul, man, you see? It's coming after and for me. And then he says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality. In other words, there's no, there's no hypocrisy there. There's no being favorable to one versus another, you know. And then he says, and the fruit of righteousness, that the results of this lifestyle living after the right way is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now, in Isaiah chapter 9, starting verse 6, it says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. When God's government is in your life, there's peace. Peace from what, though? Peace from the inspirations of the world? Peace from the demonic realm because you walk in dominion? In the spirit. Take dominion. You see, that's what he told him to do. So you are now walking in the government of God in your life. In other words, your spirit man is on top of the situation and he's governing by the word and by the spirit. And as the scripture says, keep your heart with all diligence. So for example, this bottles your heart. Keep it means to surround it and protect it at all times because the enemy's trying to get in there and get you to a place where you operate in this bitterness and strife, you see? And where your life is opposed to the word of God now. Because the scripture says, Jesus said this, Every kingdom, every house divided against itself shall not stand. If your heart is divided against itself, you got aspirations for God and your aspirations for yourself. You see what I'm saying? One of them's coming out of your soul, the other one's coming out of your spirit, man. The scripture says in James again that this man, see, this type of person is a double minded man, is unstable in all his ways. You can't put any reliability on him. They're not faithful. They're not reliable. You see? 
And that's why, you know, for myself, you know, I'm always encouraging my sons to serve one another, right? I mean, they're growing up, they're young men, you know, and they have their, their desires and stuff and the things that they want to get involved in. My son, he's, he wants to play football. And I'm going to let him do it because it's a desire of his heart. Now, if it's a wrong desire, we'll find out. But I'm still not afraid to make a decision about it. You see? And that's what we got to come to is that we, we know God is going to take care of us, right? According to his word. The scripture says, whatsoever you commit, unto the Lord, right? If you commit that thing to God, he's going to watch over, right? He's, a, he's faithful and just to watch over anything that we commit to. So if I commit my sons, then I know God is going to honor his word, right? Amen. So this wisdom that comes from the world is always getting you to focus on yourself, man. The demonic realm is getting you to focus on yourself. But the wisdom that comes from God, from above, in other words, to send it down, is first pure. There's no motive there for yourself. Right? And you know, right? Like, I know my sons, right? They come around me and they hang out for a minute. But I hadn't seen them in 48 hours, right? <laughs> like, really close to me. And they come around, and then finally, the motive comes out. Papa, I need can you. You understand? Yeah. See? And, 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 the, and the reason I know that is because I know the Word of God. The Word of God teaches me that the number one strength of a person's soul is self-preservation. Right? Adam and Eve, right? Where are you, Adam? God called him in the garden, right? Called him. And they said we hid ourselves because we were naked. And the nakedness means it wasn't that they didn't have clothes on. It was that they came out from under his authority. They're not covered anymore by divine authority. You stepped out on your own. That's what the problem is here, is that we keep doing things for ourselves and not understanding the way of God in that. And it's not that God wants to hold us back in the sense that he doesn't want to bless us. The problem is, is that it's not in the right season. You see? And, and for my sons, for example, you know, he's, he's 15 and, you know, he's, uh, he's not ready for a car yet, right? I mean, he's now, he's, he's doing great on the bicycle. He's fell a few times. He's got some scars on him. But what I'm saying is, is that he doesn't have the maturity yet to manage a car yet, right? And all the responsibilities with that. But the point I'm trying to get at is that, <clears throat> is that I, I encourage them and I don't, uh, we're not afraid to make a decision and because I know that if we make the wrong decision, God will recover us. But that's because we didn't, we didn't see what was coming down the road, right? But the point is, is that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make righteousness. Now, there's another scripture in, in the Beatitudes. I think it's Mark, Matthew 5 where it talks about blessed are the peacemakers, right? And what else is there? Right. So, in other words, uh, that word, one of the, gosh, I got to find that scripture now. Hang on. Yeah, Matthew 5. Here it is. Uh, let's see here. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Right? He said, he said in James there that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make, how does it say? 
and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. In other words, you can't make peace if you don't have the government of God. In other words, you bring the dominion of God with your spirit. Okay? Now, so then he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The children of God here is the Greek word children is weos. The fully matured sons of God, daughters of God, are the ones that are bringing the government of God. And that's what God is wanting to do in each and every one of our lives. Bring this government when you begin to rule and dominate in the spirit realm. You see? Now, uh, 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 you know, we got this conference coming up. And already the Lord is, is working with me on something. And I just want to share just a little bit of that. And this is in Luke chapter 1. I love how the Lord, you know, brings this word together in our lives and how the Holy Ghost makes it makes it make sense, right? Now, remember we've talked about that Jesus was born again. Right? He was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. Mary was, right? And she conceived a son. Well, in other words, Jesus was born from above, from divine nature, in other words. So just like me and you are born again, we are also born of that divine nature. He was the firstborn among many brethren. So it says here that um, verse 32, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, the weos of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of David his father. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom, of, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And that's what it says in Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7, of his governor, of his increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. All right? So in other words, when there's not peace in our lives, who's governing? You see? That tells you right there that it's not God governing. Because if it was Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, not just the Savior, but Lord of your life. You see, then there's the government of God, then there's the peace. So it says, uh, 30... And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. Praise God. And the angel answered and said unto her, Listen to the voice that was talking to her. Was the voice a voice that ascended from below? Or was it a voice that descended from above? Right? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her. She's six months pregnant, in other words. Who is also called barren. So what did God do here? He made something that was dead alive by bringing resurrection to it. Right? Because you can't resurrect something that's alive. Now, she says here in verse 37, the angel, the angel's still talking. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, what's interesting about this and looking at this, for with God, nothing. When you look at, when you're looking at the, at the King James with the Strongs and the word, the Greek definitions in their Hebrew, whatever. After the word nothing, there's three different Greek words. 
And I'm going to show them to you right here. Luke chapter 137. You see, God is intent on bringing his voice to his people, glory to God. And he's got a lot of work that he needs us to do, glory to God. This is why the grace of God is on our lives to be a part of this discipleship train and come into the way of God and understanding what make disciples means. It's not just for you so that you can build your database of knowledge up. It's for the people. Right? So it says, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Now in that verse 37, there's three words that come after nothing. And, and simply put, it means the first one is no or not. All right? The second one is individually, each, every, any, all, the whole, everyone, all things, everything. And then the last one is the word rhema. Rhema means the spoken word. When God breathes on that word in your spirit, man, and it becomes alive to you, now you've got a rhema, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. All of a sudden, your faith gets built up, strengthened. Now, he said, for with God, no individual rhema shall be impossible. Amen. Whatever God has spoken to you right now in this season, and in the season of your life coming up to this point, every word that God has spoken to you that you believe is a direct word from God, in other words, it's going to come to pass. Amen. You understand what I'm trying to say? For with God, no individual rhema shall be impossible. That means there's going to be possibilities. That means there's going to be hope. That means there's going to be strength to get the job done of what the word is. Now, I shared this this past Sunday. Um, I shared uh, something that, that in, in August of 2014, I was sharing a word with the sister. First Corinthians 12, you know, concerning spirituals, concerning nomaticos, things of the spirit. And, uh, man, you know, she just broke out into a manifestation of prophecy. All right? And by the way, when you have a manifestation, and it starts in 1 Corinthians 12, 8, where Paul begins to describe a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, right? Nine of them. They're not the nine gifts. They're nine different manifest. One manifest, one Holy Ghost manifests in nine different ways. Yeah. It's not nine different uh, Holy Ghost, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so the point I'm getting at is that she had a manifestation of prophecy. And she spoke a word over my life, man. It was powerful. So in other words, that was a rhema, right, that God brought to me through her. And she said that, and this was in April, uh, I'm sorry, August uh, 2014. And she said that, you know, Joseph, someday you're going to be teaching nations. She said, and God is going to redeem your time. And then she said that uh, all this time you've been studying and staying in the Word, staying in the Word, staying in the Word. It wasn't for you. It was for the nations. Amen. Okay? And then she said, the apostolic mantle is going to fall in your life in its time. And then she said again that, that God will redeem your time, right? And, uh, and then she said, you're going to teach the nations. Now, of course, in my mind, I was thinking, how am I going to do that? <laughs> you know, look at my budget, if you will. <laughs> See, but for with God, no individual rhema shall be impossible, Amen. right? Yes. So she said that to me, and then, uh, you know, I, I went back and I wrote it all down as best I could remember it. But the one thing that she said was that 
God is going to redeem your time. So in February, which is a few months before this, uh, February the 7th, it was a Friday night. Me and my sons were up, and they were playing Xbox and just, you know, being guys late at night. And I had a, I had a, you know, the Spirit of God showed up. And I was sitting there, and I was looking like this on my chin. I says to myself, is that it, Joseph? In other words, I had come to a place where I could manage the volume and the sound the way I wanted through the guitar, either from directly controlling it here or just going to the amp and getting the sound exactly how I wanted it. And I said to myself, is that it? Is that what you've been trying to accomplish all this time? Right? Selfish. It's okay. So, and then I began to weep and I repented before the Lord. And I said, Father, forgive me for wasting all this time and wasting all these opportunities to teach your people. So in other words, the thing that bothered me was that I had lost so much time, 15 years, man, of backslidden. And then all of a sudden, you know, this sister, she said, God is going to redeem my time. Now, flipping it to now, okay, so in... April, around April 2018, a brother asked me to start sharing and teaching in this fellowship, and I started. And like I said, we got through about 12 messages, and finally there wasn't anybody showing up. <laughs> so I said to myself, I could do this from home, through Facebook, right? And YouTube and all these other channels, right? And so what happened was is that, that's what happened at that point. I began to figure out how to develop all this, and now... You know, I feel like I've, 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 I've developed it to a good product, if you will, because, you know, the thing about when we create something, right, we want it, for me, I want it to be the best that it can be, right? Because if I'm going to put my seal on it, right, it's got to be the absolute best that it can be, right? So then, um, well, after that, they stopped coming, and then I started, you know, doing these broadcasts on Facebook and, 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 and publishing on YouTube and so on, and then now the podcasts and stuff. And then on top of that, it, it allowed me to develop a platform so that other brothers and sisters, if you will, I could share their videos and their information, etc. And so, as a result of that, you know, now people from everywhere are listening to these videos and watching these broadcasts, and I didn't have nothing to do with it. So back in June 2019, I started realizing, wait a minute, I went back to look at that word, and she said, I'm going to teach nations. Yeah. And guess what I'm doing? That's right. right. No individual rhema shall be impossible with God. In other words, God for fulfilling his word, and I didn't even know it was happening. Amen. See, because he hides pride from man, right? And so, as a result of that, like I said, you know, now I'm still pressing on, right? And still doing this thing, if you will. And, and then now listen to verse 38. It says, Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy rhema. Amen. When we make a decision in our hearts to believe what God has said to us through his word, right, through, through brothers and sisters, through the prophetic word, a dream, or whatever God has to do to get that word to you, to under, help you understand what your purpose is, to help you understand what your inheritance, right, your part. You have to believe God, and you and like I said, I didn't even realize that, that this was all coming together. But I, I I had a drive in me to get this to get this done right, and I didn't 
you know, and there was many times when my soul, you know, wanted to check out, you know. And, uh, but regardless, you know, now, like I said, there's a platform that's been set up. And, and in other words, look what the Lord has done, you know. So, like I said, uh, I've been working on that now and, and, and allowing that word to, you know, the Holy Ghost to continue to reveal, like I said. And I know the word of the Lord to the body of Christ is that hang on to that word, man. Don't let it go, no matter what the situation is. Now, well, now we're going to start talking about uh, faith and who has it, right? Faith in that word, right? It's faith toward God, right? Not faith toward stuff. I'm believing God for, you know, a new car or a new house, but you have no scripture on it. The scripture says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Therefore, Father, I believe I need a vehicle, a car, if you will, whatever that thing is. In other words, if you don't have the word, you're not going to have the promise of God. The promise of God is the word of God. And that word of God is what's going to fulfill the desire of your heart. Right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he's going to bring direction right to your path. Right? So anyway, the, the thing about it is when you have faith toward God, then you're going to have the experience of God in your life. You're going to experience the promises of God. And because he's going to honor that word regardless. Right? In other words, he's faithful. He cannot deny himself. Now, when we look at the scripture in um, Romans 12, 3, he says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. See, when you think of yourself more highly than you are, that's wisdom that's descending, I mean, ascending from below. It's demonic, in other words. It's you, it's your selfishness, which ultimately is idolatry. You're thinking about yourself first. So not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now the word measure here is the Greek word metron. Metron is your boundary, right? It means your portion, right? Uh, but the other word that, 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 that helps us understand metron is amatros, which means you're out of your boundary. So every time we come out from under authority, authority said this, but we made a decision to do this, you're amatros. You're out of your boundary, right? So like our children, right? If I ask them, my son sometimes, you know, they want to, they want to, uh, it's called gainsaying, right? They try to gain ground by saying, right? You, you tell them to do something and they, but, 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 you know, they get just working it, man, trying to work it. Okay, go, you know. Trying to wear it down, throw it wears down, right? Well, that's called gainsaying. And so every time they do that, they're basically stepping out from under authority. It's, it's called the spirit of rebellion. You want to do your own, whatever that thing is, right? So, for not, for not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, of sound mind is the word sophroneo here. In other words, be sane, be moderate, according as God has dealt to every man the metron of faith. Okay, so there's a measure of faith that God has distributed to everyone. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? Remember, it's not about 
how much faith we have. It's about the kind. Do you have the God kind of faith, right? Amen. Now, so, and, and is this saying mankind in general? Because the world, they talk about their faith. I have faith, you know, that the doctor's going to heal me. You see? And the thing about it is that we're not talking about mentally assenting to the word. We're talking about faith that comes, that's born out of your spirit, man. Because the mental assent, the ones that operate in mental sin want to see it before they believe it. The one that operates in faith of God, faith toward God is, I believe it before I see it. Big difference. Again, one of them is wisdom that comes from below, in a sense. The other one's coming from your spirit, above. And it says, so, again, it's a, we're new creatures in Christ, right? All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So that new creature now, once he discovers the promises of God by getting involved in the word of God, he begins to understand that, I believe that. I believe your scriptures. It says that my God shall supply all of my needs, right? I believe your word that you're not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent. You start acknowledging the word, which is part of what that homology is, which means to speak is the same as the word, means to assent to. In other words, agree with it. Amen. Right? Amen. Now, Second Thessalonians 3, 2, it says, all men have not faith. And it says here, and that, that we may be delivered from perverse, improper unrighteousness and wicked Actively malicious men, for not everybody has faith and is held by it. In other words, they're not being accountable to that faith and that word. They don't hold to it, in other words. They, they, it's just it's just a something I believe, but it's not something that they're practicing, if you will. As you were praying earlier, hearers, don't be hearers of the word only, but doers. Right? Amen. Doing that word. Now Galatians 2.20, it says that. Praise God. Galatians 2.20. For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and has given himself for me. So even, you know, even every day when I get up to, to start praying and stuff, I start immediately acknowledging to the Lord that, that I'm not my own, Father. I've been born to Christ. Amen. Amen. And therefore, I'm going to glorify you, as the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, in my body and in my spirit, which belong to you, Lord. Amen. And I belong to you, Father. And I need, I want, you know, I need your direction. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for my family. I pray for the president. I pray for those in authority that I know, etc. And I just begin to, to, to move in faith toward God and his word. Now, in the Amplified Version, in Ephesians 2, 8. So we're talking about faith and who has it. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Amen. Through your faith. You have to believe, amen, that Jesus died for you, right? Amen. And that he rose from the dead. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Amen. The gift of God here is talking about the salvation, right, of Jesus Christ and what he's provided for us. Amen? Amen. Now, 
in Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2, access by faith into this grace. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous. See, it's very important that you maintain righteousness consciousness because if you immediately don't, in other words, get out from that and get, start getting in your own belief of what, you know, I'm no good, I'm never going to amount to nothing, I don't have any future, or, you know, my parents don't love me or whatever, right? Then you'll immediately start getting into an unrighteous consciousness because that's not what the word says, right? And that's why it was very important for us to understand the repentance from dead works because all that thinking that, again, is wisdom that comes from below, it's going to put you in that frame of, mind, frame of mind where, as the scripture says, we're not ignorant of his devices. The word devices there, when he, when he quotes that, is, is the word noema, which means his schemes. And then there's the other word in Ephesians, right, chapter 6. Hang on. Ephesians chapter 6. Hmm. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles here is the word uh, methodia. And methodia, it means uh, traveling over. That is, travesty or trickery. So in other words, have you ever been in a situation where you allow your mind to drift and you start thinking about thoughts don't line up with the word of God and you begin to condemn yourself, you know, I should have done this different. You start questioning yourself, you know, and all of a sudden you're traveling in your mind to something that's just all in your head. Psychosomatics, right? And all of a sudden you think you're a worm, you're worthless, you know. Well, that's what the enemy wants you to be at where you're condemning yourself, right? And so in Romans chapter 8, 1, right? It talks about, um, it says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So in other words, if you're walking after the flesh, there is going to be condemnation to you. But if you're in the spirit, you're not thinking about, as the scripture says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust. Amen? So now back to, where was I? In Romans, amen. Uh, therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, amen, we're not righteous through our own works, we're righteous because of Jesus, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. In verse 2 it says, through him also we have our access, our entrance, or introduction by faith into this grace, state of God's favor, in which we firmly and safely stand, and let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Amen. Amen. And, and that's the thing we've got to understand here. It's not through our own strength. Amen. It's this influence of God in your heart. Grace means divine influence on your heart, man. You don't even realize that you're influenced by this grace, but God inspiring your thoughts to go a certain direction, you know, being breath, you know, lightly driven by your spirit. And like I said, the word and, and the spirit agreeing in your life. And, and before you know it, 
You're over here on the other side and you're fulfilling God's word and you didn't even know. <laughs> Praise God. Let me get a drink. So the spirit of faith, right? 2 Corinthians 4, 13. So it says that we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. So now, whatever you believe is what you're going to be speaking. Amen. So that's why it's important that it's not necessarily about saying the right things. What it's about is, is changing the source of your life and who's bringing you inspiration, right? Because a man's confession, what's, but he, Jesus said of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. So what he's speaking, his confession, right, is a result of his, what he's thinking about. And a man's thinking is a result of his, Belief. That's right. That's why the belief system and inspiring your mind is so important that we get a handle on this in our lives. Because if we don't, we're going to be saying something that we believe that's contrary to God's word. And then the man's belief is a result of his knowledge. And that knowledge is only is only being inspired by two different sources. Wisdom that's ascending from below and wisdom that's descending from God. In other words, God or the devil. So the question is, is that, and that's why I'm very quick, you know, when my son says something, you know, contrary to the word of God, I'm very quick to help him understand, you know, son, this is what the word says, you know. And, I, and it's my place to do that, right? In John chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus is talking here. I am the good shepherd. It's called. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth in not by the door, right, the door outside, into the sheepfold, but climbs up another way, over the fence, through the back door, the same as a thief and a robber. Right? In other words, every time we try to go in our own path, we're, we're doing the same thing that the thief and the, and the robber do. They're going around another way. They're not adhering to the word of God. Now in verse 3, he said, To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So if an individual were to walk in here, there was not anybody that we knew, and began to try to bring direction to us here. The sheep ain't going to hear that voice. It's like if an electrician, right? He's going to be coming to your house at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, and you're going to be an hour late because you had to go do something. But your wife's going to be there, and the children are going to be there. The shepherd has already said somebody's coming and has already instructed his wife, etc. Therefore, they're going to understand that voice because it's, 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 it got brought in through the door properly. But if somebody shows up that's not invited, and we didn't know, you, know, you don't know they were coming, right? That's an individual that's trying to climb in and come in through the door and the sheep are not going to hear that voice. No, we don't know you. Nobody said you were coming. You got to go. 
So the point is, is that it's important for us to, to, to do that in our children's lives because, again, the enemy is constantly trying to misdirect and redirect their lives because, you know, they grow up, right? And they, and they, and they begin to have aspirations and dreams and, and desires in their hearts. The question is, is that have you done it to yourself and allowed God to bring that inspiration, right? Now, Numbers chapter 14, 20 through 24. So Numbers 14, we're going to see here a couple of individuals, 14, 20. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. Amen. Why? Because he's going to have a, a people that are submitted to their spirit, man, glory to God. And they understand how to get their direction from the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is getting his direction from Jesus. And Jesus is getting his direction from the Father. Everybody in divine order, under divine authority, glory to God. Because all those men which have seen my glory, my miracles, which I did in Egypt and the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. You see? So there's, there's the one that's going to see the glory of God and come into the glory of God and come into their land and their inheritance as sons of God, daughters of God. But there's others that because they provoke God and wouldn't listen and submit to authority, as the scripture says, they're not going to see the land. They're never going to walk in it, period. But my servant Caleb, glory to God, because he had another spirit with him that had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land wherein to he went, and his seed shall possess it, glory to God. Amen? And that's what we want to be, right? That, that another spirit, in other words, that we don't, we don't get the wisdom from the world, we don't get the wisdom from the demonic realm, but we get this wisdom from what God's word has, has, has revealed to us. So now verse 28 Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. So we have to understand here that he was saying here that uh, Caleb, which had another spirit, I mean, he's going to be coming into his land and the sea's going to, and they're going to possess it, his seed. And so when the Lord speaking to Moses and Aaron, saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard it, the murmurings of Israel, of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ear, so will I do to you. So this was Moses and Aaron saying, God telling them, whatever you say, that's what's going to happen to them. That is some powerful, powerful stuff right there. Divine, under that divine authority of God, and that your words, glory to God, have weight. And when you speak, glory to God, it's going to be unto them. So, so is it going to be unto them. And now we understand, glory to God, that, that, that the whole thing that was uh, misdirecting the children of God through their rebellion was the demonic realm. That's what they do, right? They get you out of the purpose of God. And, uh, and obviously, you know, that same spirit of rebellion that the enemy is was part of their lives. And as Jesus said, you are of your father the devil. And the deeds of your father, that's what you're going to do. You can't help it. Now, in Romans chapter 4, 19 through 21. Romans 4, 19 through 21. 
and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Once again here, we got a dead womb, and the only way it's going to produce is if the law of resurrection, Jesus, comes to that individual's life. Glory to God. And the scripture says that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Amen? Amen. Let's see here, 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Can you imagine because he believed God, God imputed righteousness to his life? It's the same thing in our lives when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, glory to God. It's the same thing for us is that because we believe God and take him at his word, amen, God imputes that righteousness to our lives through Christ, amen? So now, let's see here. Let me read some things here now. I'm going to... Back to 4.20. So he staggered not. Now this first word, staggered here, is the word diachrono. Diachrono means to separate thoroughly, to withdraw from, or to oppose, or to discriminate, or to hesitate, to pause. So in our times before the Lord, you know, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Yeah, but... You got those that doubt, right? And that's what this word here is to also translated doubt. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. The word unbelief here is apistia, which means faithless. Now, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. So if you're faithless and you don't you don't you can't even see the beginning to the end of whatever you're involved in in your life, then you need to get the word of God in your life, man. Because that's the only way you're going to experience that direction from God is because he's going to come through his word. So, again, the thing we need to understand here, he's staggering out of the promise of God through unbelief, is that unbelief, I mean, doubt comes through no faith. That's when you begin to doubt and question in your life. Well, God doesn't love me. You know, why would he consider me? Look at me. Look at, you know. Man, I'll tell you what, man. And the thing about it is, 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 is we have to shake ourselves about some of that stuff. And we got to bring, that's why the scripture exhorts us, exhorts us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Is it 10? That casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. You've got to bring those thoughts down and get that situation under control in your soul, in other words. Now, how does faith come? We just, we just quoted that a minute ago. Faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing and hearing and hearing. Not that I heard one time and that's enough. Whew. Romans 10, 17. Amen. Amen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. So you've got to continuously be hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Because the Bible teaches us that the, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith. That, I mean, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The just shall live by faith. So the righteous ones continuously manifest faith toward God in their lives. Now, in verse 14, in the Amplified here, 
It says, but how are the people of God going to call upon him whom they have not believed, in whom they have no faith, on whom they have no reliance? And how are they to believe in him that is adhered to, trust in, and rely on him of whom they have never heard? And how are they going to hear without a preacher? Verse 15, and how can men be expected to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings. How welcome is the coming of those who preach good news of his good things. Glory to God. And that's what we have to understand here about the way of God. How is anybody going to preach unless they're sent? So we have to understand the way of God here and what he's doing here. And the privilege that God has given us to understand this way of God. And this kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Now, Mark 4, 24. Mm. 4, 24. Wow. I didn't know it was getting so late already. And he said unto them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him... Who has will more be given, and from him who has nothing, even that what he, which he has shall be taken away by force. Now who's doing the taking away? Who's taking away? Who's the thief? You see? Who takes what's not his? Right. So he says here, for to him who has will more be given, and from him who has nothing, even that which he has shall be taken from him by force. The devil, in other words. So he says, what you're hearing, right? And so it's so important, right, that we understand where the wisdom is coming from. You see? Take heed, pay attention what you're listening to, what you're hearing, what you're watching, etc., because something coming will bring inspiration, you see? Yeah. And it and it could be from something that ascended from below, demonic, in other words. Man, the other day, a couple days ago, I was watching a program some mystery show and uh, in the movie and in the program two individuals decided now this is just a movie right they didn't really do this but they were trying to figure out how this individual got killed because he was smoking opium or heroin so they decided to go and try it themselves in the program Man, I'll tell you something. Right then, I felt the demonic presence, boy, just walk on in. And my heart started pounding, man. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is demonic. And I flipped the channel, right? And I turned it off, and I began to bind those devils, man. Take heed what you hear, man. You see what I'm saying? Because the scripture says that uh, the, the Bible calls the devil... Satan, demonic realm, the prince of the power of the air. Right? What is traveling through the air right now? All kinds of waves going on. Cell phone communications, you know, uh, broad, you know, broadcasting here through cell phones, Facebook Live, or whatever. Man. So it's important that we understand how the enemy operates in these realms. And again, I began to bind that evil devil, and immediately the calmness came back. Oh. See? And that's why it's so important to be sensitive to your spirit, man, to be able to help you understand. Because the Holy Ghost, he's there to bring Jesus to our lives, right? Amen. 
And God doesn't want us, obviously, to get hurt in any facet, man. It's the enemy that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Man. Now, so then, Romans chapter 5, verse 4. Romans chapter 5, verse 4. Let me tell you something. Every one of these lessons that we've done, I have the outlines in a PDF format. All you got to do is send me an email, createdisciples at gmail.com. I will send them to you. And every one of these YouTube uh, videos that gets uh, set up, all of them have the link to the document. Every one of them. So I, I'm just saying that to say that, you know, the information's out there, man. And obviously, no charge, Lord of God. <laughs> freely ever received, freely give. And let me tell you something, man. The other day, I was watching a famous channel that has ministers and singing and preaching or whatever. Two things. First of all, one individual was a big-time evangelist. His daddy was a big-time evangelist. And he made a statement that if every man would repent and come to the Lord Jesus Christ and confess their sins, that's not what the scripture says, man. If you confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you're going to be saved. Not confess your sins. You already know you're a sinner. And God already knows it. What you have to understand is when you come to Jesus, you praise God, I will remember their sins no more. Why are you trying to remember it? <laughs> so that's again repentance from dead works. So that's so what I'm saying that to say is that take heed what you're hearing. You understand? That's why this foundation of this word of God, these foundational principles that we're going over is so important because it's always got to go back to the foundation. If it can't be traced back to the foundation, wait a minute, the word of God says that if we confess the Lord Jesus, not confess my sins, that's what the word said. That means whatever that individual has said is not right. I'm not listening to that. Now, the other one was, this lady was talking about she had a prayer show, right? And she would wrap it up over her head and begin to pray Psalm 91 or whatever. She did that for like two years, right? And their whole goal was to pitch a cell of a prayer show thing. Man, again, that works. But it just irritates me, right? All this stuff is out there. I remember one guy, he was sharing and preaching. And he started talking about uh, silk, almond, Milk. They said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. They're not paying me to promote that. He stopped talking about it. Because they ain't paying them to promote silk. Good night, man. <laughs> that stuff is out there everywhere, man. There's examples after examples. And while we're on that, let me, let me just share some Corinthians 2. Mm-hmm. Verse 17, it's 217. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as a sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we Christ. By faith toward God, I believe I'm standing in front of, behind the Lord. He's behind me. And these words are coming out. Because that's what the word says. In the sight of God, speak we Christ. He's, he's taking heed to all this. Angels of God, man, moving, hearken to the voice of the word. And they're back and forth, man. You know? bringing that anointing, bringing that strength, bringing that direction, etc. The Holy Ghost is involved teaching the people what Jesus needs them to hear. So now this word corrupt here, 2 Corinthians 2.17 
corrupt, and of course, word is logos, the word. This word corrupt, man. It says a huckster to retail or to adulterate, right? You know, it's funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on a song, and uh, this this is a prophetic song that came from the fellowship that I came from, and it says that in my father's house are many many mansions. In my father's house, there is room. In my father's house are many, many mansions. In my father's houses, we're all bloom. Up in heaven, gathered round the throne. Down on earth, it's bone to bone. Because in my father's house are many, many mansions. And I'm going to work on that and put, put music to it. But, and, and I'm going to put by the Holy Ghost Amen. as the author. What's sad is that hundreds and hundreds and thousands of psalmists that have figured out how to be entertainers and, 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 and adulterate and corrupt this thing, right, and get the money, if you will, for their music that the Holy Ghost brought to them while they were in prayer or something, all of a sudden they put their tag on it, whatever, whatever, you know, and 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 this is ridiculous. In other words, it's adulteration. They're they're taking something now that was given to them out of purity, because the Scripture says the wisdom of God is first pure. Amen. So right there, we understand that your heart is not to serve the Lord, but to serve yourself. Right. So we are not of them which corrupt the word of God. Now the word huckster, mm. huckster is. A retailer of small articles or provisions, a mean, trickish fellow to deal in small article, small articles or petty bargains. In other words, they're just peddling. So, so and that's how it is, right? They they got all their tapes. They got some of them even have a whole a whole little store dedicated to all that. I used to work in that organization. Little bookstores, man, and full of videos and books and anyway. Okay, so let me get back here to the word, amen. amen. So uh, I was going to read in Romans 5 4. And if you remember what happened when Jesus turned over the money changers' table, man, it was so livid. He was so upset. And the Bible says that the disciples remembered the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. In other words, the people are the house of God, the tabernacle of God. And he saw what these religious rulers were doing to the people. You know? Sell them a little dove for 20 bucks and they only paid a dollar for it, whatever. <laughs> to go sacrifice. And so in, in Romans chapter 5, 4, in patience, the hupomene, the consistency of staying in faith toward God and believing God no matter what the circumstances are, is going to bring you into an experience. And the experience is going to build your hope. And so that the next time that you come under, as the scripture says, count it out joy when you fall into dire temptations, right? Knowing this is the trying of your faith worketh consistency, right? That's James 1, 2. Something didn't sound right about that. Hold on. Knowing this is the trying of your faith. That's right. Worketh consistency. Hopomony. But let patience, consistency, have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, coming behind and nothing. Now, 
So, uh, so in other words, uh, patience, the consistency is going to bring the experience, and the experience is going to bring the hope. And hope make it not a shame, man. And the Bible teaches us that hope is the anchor of the soul. In other words, because you've been building the consistency in your relationship with God, and you see God move over and over and over again on your behalf because of the word that's in your heart, that's in your mouth, you see, it builds that hope up. And now you've grown up and now you're a mature son or daughter of God where nothing faces you. Right? And now, like I said, you're teaching, if you will. You're showing forth, amen, how to stay in faith toward God, how to make disciples, etc., etc., etc. And bringing the wisdom, bringing the wisdom of God of the just to the disobedient, those that don't understand. So the scripture says, even so, James 2.17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is is dead being alone. Yet a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, look what the Lord has done because I believe his word. And the scripture says here that thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So in other words, again, Faith toward God is believing God and his word for the things that you need of, for your brothers and sisters, for praying for one another, etc., and believing God and trusting God and taking him at his word. But the results of what the, the, dem, the demonic realm is trying to do is they, they could care less about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They're not submitted to that, right? Their whole goal is to get you to be selfish and forfeit the promise of God and the inheritance of God in your life, just like those men that kept proving and kept trying the Lord, right, that are ready to so there must be a corresponding action, right? In other words, you have faith toward God that God is going to do what he said he's going to do and whatever the matter is that you need. And the action is that you stay consistent in God. Your obedience, in other words. You don't forfeit the word of God in your life because of the experience that you're going through. You don't understand it, right? In other words, you're not looking at the experience. You're looking at your obedience to the word. Now, God is not a man. Right? That he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he said it, shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. Man, that's so beautiful. God passed by him, and the Lord passed by before him, and he proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. And again, Romans 4, 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And that's the issue is, is that we, we get it in our hearts and our minds that we can figure this thing out on our own without the performance of God. But every day, man, when I pray, me and my sons pray, glory to God, there's a scripture, for example, in Deuteronomy, it says that there shall none cast their young, nor be barren in the land, the number of their days I'm going to fulfill. In other words, in the natural sense, they're going to be married someday, and they're going to bring forth seed that wants to serve God, right? Godly seed, because of the foundation in their lives. And, but on the other side is that, there shall none cast their yarn, nor be barren in the land, the number of their days I'm going to fulfill. In other words, I'm going to perform their days because they continue to have faith toward God in me, in my word. And these inspirations and these directions that I bring them in in their lives because of their consistency in the word of God and their faith toward God, None of that is going to come to perish because it's all going to be
directed and inspired by God. In 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, If we believe not, yet he is faithful, he cannot deny himself. In other words, because of that righteous seed, that divine nature that's in our spirit, man, glory to God, God is not going to give up on us, amen? He's going to continue to work on our lives, amen? He's going to continue to keep us encouraged. He's going to keep sending the teachers to him, to the body, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds. He's going to keep sending the word of the Lord to him, amen? amen. And that word, amen, that keeps getting dropped in their heart will eventually start growing bringing forth that righteousness of God, that kingdom of God, amen? Quarter two. Hallelujah. Yeah. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this tremendous opportunity with my brothers and sisters, Lord God. And I thank you, Father God, for continuously teaching us, Father, and showing us your ways, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, as your word says, Father, that you're not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent, Father. In other words, God, has God said, Lord God, and yes, you have through your word, Father God. And thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness and how you bring your direction to our lives. It is written in your word, Father God, that there is a spirit in man, Lord God, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them life and gives them understanding. I thank you for this, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Joseph. Yes, amen. Word of clarity from anyone. You any understanding that perhaps you didn't understand something or questions? You're free to ask. Amen. Yeah, Brother Joseph. Yes, sir. You make mention of the flesh. For me, it's like why God continue to remind me this is going to this is the biggest challenge of the whole Christian work mm -hmm. the flesh is something that we are going to continue to combat until we leave from this earth because even as we have faith is that God created us and we have a natural mind so to have faith it doesn't take your natural mind, you have to have that spiritual mind to have that faith. Right. Or else, everything around you, you will treat it naturally, you approach it naturally. Mm -hmm. So that's why you see, some time ago, is that even today, I, I just begin to sit down and have a quiet time meditating and what have you, and it's just a beginning of confirmation on things that have been, you know, but we need to really develop ourselves spiritually. Mm -hmm. Because, and I want to encourage every one of us, especially coming to the time of this fast and prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know what is ahead of us. Mm -hmm. As we get to the close of the year, that we can take it serious to prepare ourselves mm -hmm. spiritually. Or else, the flesh, and you make mention also too of taking what you hear. Take what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. Amen. One of my greatest concerns, especially when you come to the kids, is that I always like to monitor what they are looking at in their phone. Amen. What they are watching, the movies. And like, 
we don't say also to, we don't listen to news or what have you and think but the news you listen to it will teach you how to pray they go yeah it, it gave you the direction it gave you to know what is happening in society but it doesn't mean that you limit yourself to what you are hearing and seeing mm. right? That's right now out of conviction they think as for being spiritual you see from where i come from right. africa mm -hmm. i know many people go to check beyond things in the air canal, I check, check beyond him. You see a particular lady when she's always giving birth, the children dying. She goes to some witch doctors and what have you to go and find her because she believes that a spiritual controls the, the physical. That's the reason why she goes there. If someone always has a job and they will not stay long the job of as soon something happens, they get a job, they lose the job, then they go find her. What this occurrence always happen. It means that they believe that something spiritual is happening to what is happening to me physical. So if the people of the world do this, it means that they believe in some supernatural power. But if we are Christians, and we always have to limit ourselves to seeing things on the news, hearing things, and feel that it's the way people are communicating to us, they don't go and find out from God. For example, the corona is just going on and on, the fear of it just spreading over and over. And we just accept and waiting for some kind of cue or something will come from somewhere and don't go to God and find out what is happening. Then it means that we're going to be walking in the flesh and our faith will just be limited to what people are doing. So you begin to very bottom my spirit man concerning for us to be more spiritual, especially as we come to the, this part of this year. So our antenna can be open to be to perceive what is happening concerning mm -hmm. our own personal life, our marriages, our family, our children, mm -hmm. our ministry, or else we could be taking, I mean, taking on a way. Now, one question I want to ask you now, as I said this, it has to do with uh, how can we handle a situation wherein the voice of God, the things of God, and things that we see. And sometimes the things that we see become so imminent above even the scripture. When I say above, meaning that it becomes so real. It becomes so close to you. Like you're close on you. But then the word of God is the one who sort of take priority of. So then you hear the pastor will declare, we have a prophet, God praise God for that. He declared the word of God, he declared the prophecy concerning, and I believe prophecy is a way to give us strategy of exemption. Because in every situation, God will provide way of means for the church. But you will still find people who submit to the the, 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 the servant of God in the house, on something, one of you, and still running with some different belief. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they say they think, they say this, that, and one of you, but you hear the word of God, and you hear me so much, God, God won't come down to say this. God use people like you are ministering to us now. Mm -hmm. But so the reality that is coming for people, they are looking at him, they are harboring the fear, contrary to what they are hearing the word of God. So how do we handle situations in our personal life for things that come close to us and the word of God is here and we're supposed to have faith concerning that? Well, a couple of things there. First of all, 
He's talked about uh, the carnal man, right? The flesh. The Bible teaches us that, and they that are Christ has, have crucified the affections and lusts of the flesh. So again, uh, and that reminds me again of this scripture too that says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Mind is your part of your soul, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And it's interesting, one of the things that you said there about Corona, and it, keeps, it just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing, right? Yeah. The Bible talks about and teaches us in the book of Daniel that the, that the enemy was going to wear down the saints, right? Yeah. In other words, the enemy wearing down the saints. Okay. See, because you get to a place where you're complacent. Ah, I guess, you know, go ahead. And before you know it, your convictions of what you had in the Word of God and your belief system that you believed on in that Word, all of a sudden starts to waver. You see, in other words, you're keeping your sight, as Peter did when he was out there in the water. He took his sight off his faith toward God, right? Jesus had already given many examples of how to stay in faith toward God. And yet, when he started looking at the circumstances around him, he began to sink. And that's how it is, right? The enemy is... Constantly bombarding the saints right now. And uh, again, you know, staying in faith and prayer towards God for our family members and our loved ones. You know, I don't know everybody here yet, but the people that I know, I pray for them all the time. The ones that I know by name. And, uh, <clears throat> but again, his goal is to wear us down, amen. In Matthew chapter uh, 4, 20... Is it four? Yeah. And Jesus went about all Galilee, verse 23, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse disease and torments. And those who were possessed with devils and those who were lunatic and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and beyond Jordan. Now in verse 23 there, first of all, Jesus always had the 5,000 following him. And their goal was that they wanted the miracles, the fish, and the loaves. Just minister to me. And we're going to have that all the time, everywhere we go. And so this is part of the wisdom of God is why he's raising up, raising up disciples to keep up with the 5,000 that are constantly being led astray because they're not paying attention to what they're hearing. They're not, getting to, they're not wanting to submit to the discipleship training and get trained in the way of God, you see? And because they're not hearing and hearing and hearing that word and getting trained by that word, they're continuously falling by the wayside, right? Which is what the enemy wants. Now, the other piece of that is that, uh, you know, Training them in the Word of God, right, and helping them build their strength up, it's not just right here, right? I don't have a lot of relationship with it, yeah, with anybody, with a lot of you, but what I'm saying is, is that we've got to be invested in one another's life. The Good Shepherd gives his life, okay, for the sheep, right? We've got to, that's part of the ministry of the bishop ministry is keeping up with the souls and watching them to make sure they're staying in line with God. The bishop ministry is not a tag that I put on myself. It's a ministry of helping you when you step out of line. And that's what you do. You bring the soul back under your spirit, man. Now, 
The scripture says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, this word disease is the uh, Greek word malakia, which malakia means softness and innervation. Now, the word innervation, it means the act of weakening or reducing strength, the state of being weakened, and then it says effeminacy. Y'all know what being effeminate is? You know what that is? Effeminate? Have you ever met a young man and he's very girly and very talks? Which, which is funny because women don't really act like that. It's all demonic. What I'm saying is, see, in other words, you, you've been weakened so much from your conviction that now you don't even believe you're a man. You think you're a woman. That's how backwards you've fallen back. That's how much you've lost strength from the foundation, even of what your father and mother gave you. And what's sad today, right, is that, you know, if they notice this, this feminine tendency in their sons, well, son, maybe you were meant to be a girl. <laughs> how stupid is that, right? But the point is, is that the act of weakening or reducing the strength, the state of being weakened, or in other words, you fall back from your strength and your conviction in God. See, as the song that I was singing a little bit ago, down on earth is bone to bone. See, in other words, keeping up with the body of Christ and that ministry involved with helping there, as the scripture says, and you are now returned to the shepherd and bishop of your soul. Shepherding is not, is not just a, a, yes, some of us have that dome of gift in our lives, and they call me Pastor Joseph, but I'm not a pastor. <laughs> it's not just a, a you know, it, that's just a title, but that's not what I do. I mean, I teach, and I share, and I, and I bring forth the Word of God, and I'm trying to bring understanding right to the way of God and to the people and so on and so on. But the point I'm getting at is that that ministry of Jesus Christ of shepherding and bishoping the body of Christ is the responsibility of all the disciples. Now, you're going to have some that are in government, in leadership position, right? And they also have that place too. But the point I'm getting at is that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, that's why the Bible teaches us in, in Jeremiah that there was going to be a habitation of shepherds that was going to be able to take all the body of Christ. Look what happened to, to, to the Jewish people when they came out of, out of Egypt. And, and Jethro, he saw his Moses judging the people night and day. And he told him, surely you're going to wear out, man. Therefore, take out from among you noble men, just men, respected among the people, some that will be rulers over fifties, hundreds, thousands, and tens. You see? And those shepherds, if you will, the men that have been recognized in front of the people, this is the one, you know, et cetera, this is going to help you, et cetera, come to him. And then as, 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 uh, Jethro said, but the hard cases bring them to Moses. In other words, the things that are too complicated for you to figure out, take them to the leadership above you. That way everybody is covered and being maintained. Can you imagine trying to manage, you know, however many million Jews are out there? And whining and complaining and we don't have any meat. We, we had it better in Egypt and over and over and over, man. You know? Now, disease again is the word malakia, but it comes from another word which is malakos. Malakos means soft or soft to the touch. In a bad sense, being effeminate or a vicatomite, which is a boy kept for homosexual relations with a man. 
Now why would the enemy, why would he try to get him to that state of mind? Why would he, why is mankind in that state of mind right now? I'll tell you the main reason is because two men can't produce a child. Two women can't produce a child. What is he trying to do? He's trying to stop the seed. Because if he knows the seed comes up to maturity and they get born again, all of a sudden they come to that place where they understand that they have authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the dunamis, the power of the devil. You see? And the thing about it is, the difference of God teaching us his word versus God preaching the word to us is two different ministries. Right? The, the, the teaching ministry breaks them all down, gives you all these examples and stuff. But when you're preaching the word of God, you don't really give that many examples. You don't really break things down too much. You're just bringing forth the word, the word of the Lord, right? The voice of God, if you will. To keep the people encouraged, amen. To keep them built up, amen. And so, you know, besides the 5,000, then he had the 70. And they rejoiced, the Bible says, because they had power over devils and could heal the sick. So you got... The 5,000 that are always with us, you got the 70 that rejoice because they have power to heal and power to cast out devils. And then you have the 12. And then you had the 3. He took the 3 where he didn't take the 12. He took the 12 where he didn't take the 70. And obviously he took the 70 where he didn't take the 5,000. But he ministered to them all. He served them all. As a matter of fact, when it came time for them needing food, and Jesus told them, you feed them. See, he had already given them an example of how to break the bread. See, in other words, what, what God has given, that's what's being distributed, this bread of life, the word now, spiritually. Amen. You see? And it's, that's the only word that can be distributed of what, of what God has given us. But on, the, but on the flip side of that, he told them, now go gather up the fragments. And there was 12 back baskets collected in one instance, seven baskets in another. And he said, this is your portion, basically. See, God knows how to take care of his people at all levels, right? And that's the thing is that we have to understand here that we're not just involved in just coming to services every Tuesday and Friday and Sunday, right? This is about building the people of God so that they can come to the place where they are now trees, as the scripture says, that the birds can come lodge under now. And it's going to take disciples to do that. And it's going to take someone that's willing to lay down his life on a Tuesday evening and show up and get trained. And this is the way of God. This is how God does this. But again, you know, we have to start with what we have. Amen. Amen. You got some? Yeah, I think you just struck the point that I was thinking about. Because right now, more churches are uh, being built. Uh, the hair or the pastor, they put paying more attention to people that get more, yep. or people that come more. If you are slacking, they forget about you. Only people who, who, who can impact them, who can, who can receive something from most of them are worried for some children. They say, I pray for the person more because they cannot see. The person does, and they try to call me, I will pick up for you know. So, uh, it's the shepherd now, their role, they got to re examine their role too to see how, how they're taking care of the sheep, how they're spraying. And see, the other side of that is that, you know, because we don't understand the kingdom of God and how God operates on in heaven and how he wants it in earth, we don't understand that divine order yet in the body of Christ on a large degree. And so therefore, because of this, because the Bible says of, him, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end, right? For all the people, you see? 
But if the government of God is not established in our lives, not to mention in our leadership and so on, then how can we expect the peace of God to be in our lives? How can we expect to take care of all this responsibility? You see? And it takes disciples to come into maturity that are servants that are willing to do it for nothing, man. Because they love God and they want to be obedient to His word. I'm confident of this very thing. I'm confident of this very thing. That He Until the day of Jesus Christ, he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ.